The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. Listen to Matt Slick Live. Today's date is October 18th, 2023 for the podcasters. And if you want to give me a call, we have wide open lines. All you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And, uh, oh, thanks for reminding me, Ernie. So uh, we're going to be going on uh, in April. I'm going to let you guys know we're going to have a, a, a Paul tour, the footsteps of Paul, Paul the Apostle. We're going to be going through the, the places he went in Turkey and then to Greece, and then we're going to go to Italy. And uh, it'll be a three-week trip, 19 days. So uh, if you're interested in that, you can just go to Bridge Paul Tours. Was it Bridge Paul Tour? Yeah, bridgepaultour.com, and you can check it out. It's expensive, though. This is an expensive trip, but it, it'll be worth it. There's a lot of people we're going to be uh, attending with, and uh, we're going to see things like Pompeii, from what I understand. We're going to see uh, the Athens, where Paul was. We're going to see the seven churches of Revelation. And I'm going to just tell you, also Ephesus. Uh, we, I went to Turkey before, and we saw the, the city of Ephesus. It's amazing. It just is. It really is. So uh, I frequently think about it. I mean, that was like five, six years ago. And I still think about uh, walking the street of Ephesus, the ruins. And it it took two hours to walk through everything. It was just that big. And it was great. Well, anyway, so uh, just reminiscing. BridgePaulTour.com, if you're interested, check it out. And... uh, that's right. I forgot to do something last night. Man, I got so much going on. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I forgot to send the newsletter out. So uh, that's okay. So I've been working on some short videos. You know, we, we produce some one-minute videos. So we changed the format and how I'm doing it. So now I've got it set up now where I can produce them very quickly, lots of them. And I'll be doing that not very quickly a lot, but but a lot quicker and a lot more. So how about that? So uh, keep that in prayer if you're interested. No radio show tomorrow, at least not live, unless Charlie wants to do it. But uh, <laughs> he's shaking his head. No, yeah, he's had enough of that. It really, uh, really helps when you are sitting here with four 27-inch monitors, like I have, a desk fan on me. I also have someone sent me a a uh, an ember cup coffee cup and it has its own battery in the bottom of it so it keeps your coffee at a certain temperature that you can control on the phone man i feel so spoiled but uh it's what i do so i I spend hours and hours and hours daily on the computer and i love computers i do i really like computers um in fact i just sometimes for rim i don't watch football i don't watch sports i don't watch baseball i don't care but for me a good time is going on to computer build websites that I build these computer. I'm not going to buy them, but I'm like, oh man, I could do this and have that. Oh, yeah, I just like doing it, you know. So a lot of fun for me, for me, because I got issues. Well, anyway, if you want to give me a call, 
877-207-2276. Let's get on to uh, Anonymous from Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the air. Anonymous. Good evening, uh, brother. Anonymous 66 from Raleigh. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, and you, by the way, you deserve uh, things like that. The uh, the amount of uh, of, of uh, help and encouragement that you give. I have a question about, I don't know why I haven't seen, I saw on the Weather Channel about a comet headed this way that would dwarf Mount Everest. And yeah. basically, I don't really have a question, but it's like a, about the signs of times, I feel like we're, it, it just, it's, uh, it's rumbling. And that's about it. If maybe you could speak on that or talk about that for sure. a minute or. Yeah, you know, I, I do watch science stuff. I like watching uh, stuff with the James Webb uh, Telescope. I like watching stuff about physics. Mm-hmm. That's me. It's a good time, um, and I enjoy that kind of thing. So, you know, I have uh, did talk about Apophis as a, uh, as, uh, as a body that may intersect Earth in 10, 12, 15 years, something like that. Um, as far as the comet thing goes, I've not heard anything that they're worried about. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, yeah. but uh, you know, I pay attention, and I just don't see anything that going. Oh, it's going to happen, you know. So uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. No, I mean, it's like a friend of mine. I said, I said, did you know? And she says, and she hit me back a text with, oh, it falls along the line of things that uh, you know we can't control, you know. But but God, yeah. God can and He does. So yes. yeah, I just I was surprised. Oh, excuse but me, man. Anyway, good yawn there. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that one. <laughs> if uh, I, I had that effect. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, if something like that was was to happen, uh, there are astronomers all over, and amateur astronomers who are watching this. So it's not going to be able to just be hid, hidden. That oh, it's going to hit us, and so we don't know. No, that's not going to happen. The uh, you know, right. NASA knows, right. and there's there's there are a lot of uh, I forget the name of the acronym, but there's a group they watch the skies for stuff like that and there's amateur uh, uh, astronomers and they they discover stuff they discover stuff a lot yeah. so yeah and i would love to have a, a nice big telescope you know that was geosynchronous right. it's all that stuff that you could just you know t- type it in and it goes in i'd love to have something like that because i love that stuff but you know, oh yeah oh yeah for it, so. uh, hey that's about all. i'm not gonna hold you up but i just i thank you and we every night so um, and supporting your prayer as much as possible, and, and just thank you for what you do. You know. Well, you know, praise God. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. And um, okay, so all right. All right. All right. Good night, my friend. Good. Okay. God bless. Hey, we have nobody waiting. If you want, you can give me a call. All you got to do is dial eight seven seven. Two zero seven two two seven six. Last four digits spell C A R M on your phone. So let's get to some radio questions. People send in, and you can do that too. In fact, I'd like to let people know that you can watch the show live. You can go to YouTube and it's forward slash. I think it's Carm Videos, and you can watch. Uh, I'm just sitting here. It's not a big deal. But uh, what's really good is on um, on Rumble. We watch, uh, I mean, I, I watch it. I watch uh, the show on Rumble. And what's really good is the uh, the people. Hey, is it Rumble working? Is it Zumbi? Yeah, that I think it is. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of interesting. But there's a chat, uh, a bunch of chat room people that we have. And um, 
that is oh I think I clicked on the wrong day that's what I did so I had to go back to the right day which it doesn't have today's the 18th hey how come we don't have the show on what's up maybe Rumble's working fine well oh there it is I had to update my browser little technical issue here on my part so uh, rumble.com forward slash match slick live one word and uh, you can join in the mayhem <laughs> it's it's really nice. A lot of good people there. We have a lot of good discussions and stuff like that. It says, Matt, when we pass through the asteroid belt, we have no idea what is possible. There are too many to be accurate. That is true, Ernie. When we pass through the asteroid belt, but we really don't pass through it, um, it's between Mars and Jupiter, the asteroid belt. And Mars is really necessary. Not, not Mars, excuse me. Jupiter is really necessary for life on Earth um, to ma be maintained because it sweeps the area of a lot of asteroids and things that would come in contact with Earth over a long period of time. So it's uh, really a, a benefit to have um, Jupiter where it is. And so between Mars and Jupiter is the asteroid belt, and it's very sparse. Now on paper or in a drawing, it looks like really dense. You know, you've got to be really caref careful and go through it really carefully. Well, you do but uh, it's it, compared to what space is and the, the objects in, in a certain volume of space it's very very sparse so uh, anyway not, not a big deal but I like science I do I wish they said Pluto was a planet though I liked I like Pluto being a planet when they said a dwarf planet but at least it's a planet though a dwarf planet then they have uh, other um, other planet, other dwarf planets out there. So, I have an app on my phone, and every now and then I'll, I'll go on this app, and uh, what I can do, I have a whole section. I, I arrange my phone logically, unlike my wife. She, I get on her phone. Where is everything? How do you do it? I say, let me tell you how to do it the proper way, and then she gives me this weird look, uh, like I don't know what I'm talking about. But at any rate, so I have this, uh, I have this science app. And solar system scope and I love that app and I know people are probably gonna get it now but uh, you can click on all kinds of constellations planets stars everything and uh, you can click on it like there's Cirrus I'm looking at Cirrus you can go visit Cirrus and so you can go do that kind of stuff I'll tell you all kinds of information give you pictures I love that stuff science is great all right hey, and by the way did you know that science is a philosophy and a lot of people don't know that. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is, uh, so on Monday nights, I do a doctorate uh, program. And uh, I've got to be online. So that's why I only do halfway or half the show on Monday, except for next Monday. Uh, I'll be on full hour because they're taking one, a week off. And so, to my my surprise, there's about there's 25 of us in the D-Men, called the D-Doctorate of Ministry, D-Men. In the D-Men program, there's about 25 of us, uh, and um, there's a lot of pastors. So I think I'm one of the oldest people on there, but whatever. And so we got talking, and I tried to say too much because I got I could talk about a lot of topics, right? So I got to be quiet. You know, I can't say so. And so we had these. Uh, we had probably 100 pages to read, and about I don't know five of them was about science and atheism and materialism which is right up my alley and so like whatever you know maybe we'll talk about it for a minute or two 
to my surprise, we talked about it for a half hour, a good half hour, maybe 40 minutes, I think, and talked about materialism, and they were asking about materialism, asking what this is and what that is, and, and uh, I'm, I'm listening. I'm thinking, you know, I could jump in and help out, <laughs> but so I, I just held it, held it back a little bit for a while. And then they kept talking about it and uh, atheism and various things. And so uh, some of the guys there know what I do and uh, will, will ask me a question every now and then. But, you know, it's whatever. And so I said to the guys, I, you know, finally after the end, I said, look, if you, if you want uh, some quick and easy ways to refute materialism and deal with the issue of science for your parishioners, I said, let me know. I, I can help you. I do this all the time. And um, I thought I was being very polite and very helpful. And I mean, pastors, they don't, they don't uh, study like I do in all these topics because they don't have time. They're doing other things, and that's what they're supposed to be doing. And so I thought, well, you know, I could just you know, throw a little bit of help. And, um, and nobody took me up, up on it, even though they were talking about it for a half hour. Like, well, what about this? What about that? And I go, well, you know, I, I can tell you guys the quick quick and slick ways to get this done anyway it's not a big deal but uh, I thought maybe one would say okay what you know but no oh well it's no big deal no big deal but I will tell you how to deal with uh, materialism I'll tell you what it is and the philosophy of materialism and um, when we get back to the break I'll tell you about it a little bit that it's rampant in America and it's the undergirding principle of science itself. And so you hold on, and we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. All right, now I was talking about materialism and science. Now, you know, if you're talking to some people and they say they just trust science, not God, and things like that, well, <clears throat> there's some problems with that. Uh, science is based on philosophy. And when you tell people that, they're going to look at you and say, they're crazy. I say, no, it's based on philosophy. And they, I've had atheists say, no, it's not. I say, yes, it is. I say, can you use the scientific method, which I think I'll go, go through with you briefly, and talk about the scientific method, what it is. Can you use the scientific method to prove the scientific method? Can you use a scientific method to prove that, that science is true? Now, this is not a trick question. Because science is basically trial and error, where you observe something, and then you try and understand it, and you develop a hypothesis, and you develop a way to test your hypothesis, and then if you can modify the testing and or the hypothesis to the point of repeatability, and then you get predictability, then it becomes a theory. So a hypothesis is, uh, graduates into a theory when the evidence supports it. All right. Generally speaking, science deals with the observable process within the present, not the past. Now, astronomy, they might say, looking back in the you know, millions of years, yeah, 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 but that's, you, you observe it in the present. 
So what is science uh, based on? What's well, based on the idea of materialism? Science looked at the material world. Science is not looking at, at uh, the issue of how do you love your neighbor. It's not talking about the issue of beauty and art. It deals with you drop a ball uh, off a roof, how fast does it fall? And what happens if the, the air is denser? What happens if the, uh, the mass is the same in the ball, but the, uh, the diameter is less? The, when does it reach terminal velocity? It's just looking at uh, phenomena that occur, actions, events, uh, things like this, and then trying to understand it from a purely physical thing. People will put a great deal of trust in science, as though science is the thing that helps so many people. Well, it does help, but it's based upon philosophical positions, for one thing. It's based upon uniformitarianism, which means that it's based upon the idea that the universe behaves the same way everywhere, that the same laws of physics apply everywhere. It's an assumption. It cannot be proven to be true, so it's an assumption. So it has at its basis a philosophical approach to learning about the material world by assuming something it can't prove. Well, what's the reason for the assumption? That's a question. That's a philosophy issue. And of course, ultimately, it's a theological one. All right, so they presuppose also the, uh, the laws of logic so that they can presuppose these universal principles that applies to everyone and that scientists are to use these laws of logic when examining, deducing, correcting, modifying hypotheses and tests in order to get to a theory. All right. So, but they can't use a scientific method to validate uniformitarianism, uh, the uniformity of nature, and they can't use it to, def to uh, establish the laws of logic because it has to presuppose them in order for the scientific method to work. So these two basic principles, the assumption that everything operates the same way everywhere and the idea of the laws of logic are the philosophical assumptions along with materialism. Materialism holds that the only thing that can be truly proven to exist is matter or the effects of, of things upon matter or energy. And so uh, because of this, these are the three fundamental aspects of science. Materialism, uniformitarianism, and the laws of, of logic. So how then do they prove that they are true unless they use something other than the scientific method? And that's the catch. So this is what I tell people is that uh, science can be undermined as a, as a panacea, as the thing that is the cure for everything. Because what really is the issue is the assumptions that are used to validate the scientific method. The assumptions have to exist in a worldview and then we get into the issue of what worldview is the right worldview by which we can justify those assumptions in which science works. And you'll find out that materialism can't do it. Materialism is a worldview in that all things are composed of the material realm and physical phenomenon, including energy and chemical reactions and things like that. Well, the problem with that 
is that it means that the physical brain is also limited to the laws of physics, chemistry, etc. Well, this means then that the chemical reactions in your brain are necessary. They're necessary chemical reactions. Well, if one chemical state that leads to another chemical state is just simply necessary, how is it then that you can justify the laws of logic or truth values? Now, I could explain that more, but the thing is, it's just chemical reactions. That perspective of materialism refutes itself because it, materialism says everything operates on the laws of physics, including your brain chemistry, but that means it's necessary chemical reactions. Well, if it's necessary chemical reactions, then how do you know that your necessary chemical reactions are producing truth? How do you know? It's just chemical reactions, and that's the problem. Therefore, materialism casts doubt on itself as a worldview and tends to refute itself. And this is why it's a problem. So if I teach these principles to the basic Christian, they can go uh, before people and they can show how to undermine the faith that they have in materialism and science. Their faith isn't in those things. Their faith ultimately is in the assumptions upon which that they are based. Once they understand that, then they can get into the discussion of what worldview can account for those assumptions. And then uh, the Christian has uh, a leg up on that discussion. So there you go. There you go. Let's get to Alberto from Savannah, Georgia. Alberto, welcome. You're on the air, man. Yes. Um, I want to know what's the difference between a Christian and a nominal Christian? Nominal Christian? Well, depending on how we define nominal, it seems to be uh, just that kind of a Christian who uh, says one thing and does another, doesn't live for Christ. That's what I understand it, like a carnal Christian, nominal Christian, you know, doesn't really do much, doesn't really believe in a whole bunch. Okay, that's what I understand it to me. Okay. Uh -huh. Where'd you hear the term? So, what's the, so not because I heard from another pastor, I don't know if you heard Dr. Carl Brogy, Church of Scriptures, his ministry, if he comes from Beaufort, South Carolina, so that, uh, it's called Community Baptist Church, but he mentioned it in his radio program. He got, he got a program just like yours on Tuesday. He answered Bible questions and call-ins and emails. So okay. I asked him a certain question. He, he mentioned nominal Christians. That's why I was curious. Exactly what, what's the definition of it? Okay, well, so, uh, to, yeah. it seems to be those who just say they're Christian but really aren't. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, buddy, there's a break. All right, man? Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. After the break, then. After the break, okay. okay. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, two open lines, 877-207-2276. Give me a call. Alberto, welcome. You're on the air. Yeah, okay. My, my question is, how do you balance the three different the four different types of soul you'll mention in the, in the Gospels versus uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9? How do you balance them between that? The three kinds of soul? No, 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 no. The, the, the four different types of soul you mentioned within the Bible. Wait, 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 wait. I don't understand one word you keep talking about, but I don't know what it is. The, 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 say it again. The Bible talks four. about, we, 
the, the four different types of soil you mentioned and the uh, gospel. Oh, soil. Soil. The four soul. kinds of soil. Yeah, soil. Okay. I thought you said soul. I'm like, what? Okay. No, All right. no. Okay. Soil. Okay. Verses soil. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Okay. How do you balance that? The parable with, 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 compared with Ephesians yeah, chapter it's 2, just, verse 8 and 9. Parables are just meant to, under, to basically illustrate one major thing. And so the parable of the four kinds of soil is just the different kinds of people that the Word of God goes to. And some it bears fruit, mm-hmm. some it doesn't. Now, the why that they're like that, that's a different topic. Okay, and so uh, it's just a generic kind of a statement about the different kinds of people that are out there. That's all that Jesus is doing there. And then Ephesians two eight and nine, you know, say by grace through faith. So no big deal. It's all. Consistent. I know, but my point today is because, like, because because some seniors we see the word with we know with joy, but then when it when it comes to that persecution, they don't last long. You know what I mean? So I don't fall and rocks and you know, end up dead roots. And it dries up because I don't want to put in good soil, but it produces fruit. So that's my whole point. You can accept the Lord, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 69, and still, you'll still be in the category of one of those types of four soils. That's my whole point. After you accept the Lord. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Um, and so that's in Luke 8, okay? So you don't want to just say too many things too quickly. You want to make sure that what you're doing is exegeting the scriptures properly. So the sower went mm-hmm. out, and uh, some uh, seed fell by the road, it was trampled underfoot. Okay, the birds of the air ate it up. That doesn't—that's not a believer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And other seed fell okay. in rocky soil, grew up withered, had no moisture. Now, how does that relate to people? I—I'm not sure how to to uh, really relate it. I mean, what kind of people does that? Maybe they just hear it. They walk away, go back to their sin. I don't know. Other seed fell among thorns. They grew up and got choked out. Well, that's you know, the cares of the world, you know, the, the difficulties. And uh, then the good soil, you know, produce a lot. So he's just talking about the different kinds of people that are out there. Okay? Yeah, no, but, but, but they said different kinds of people out there. But like some people, like they'll come to church, right? They said the Lord. They're all happy and joyful. You, you but, but my opinion, my understanding, I think, is once a person says the Lord, but then when we start to, uh, for the cause of Christ, they won't last long because of the persecution of the word. You know what I mean? Because right. once the person, if it, so, 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 even though you accept the Christ and you're saved by faith through grace, but if the person doesn't uh, keep continuing in the faith, you know, or keep following the Lord in a narrow way, and the, 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 uh, the narrow way, Jesus said, I'm the way and the life and the truth and the life, but he's the door, but you got to walk through that narrow way. Also, keep yourself in the narrow way to to, to follow the Lord. The Bible says that, you know, the Bible says that, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're saying a lot really fast. So, uh, okay, okay. So, do you have a question about it? But my whole question, like I said, even though you serve the Lord, you can still, people can still be following what I'm doing. Four times of soul, even though you accept the, the, no. the Lord. That's no, my no, whole no. point. No, 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 no. no. Um, you, if you're a true Christian, it can't be that the first soil is you because there was no fruit born at all. That doesn't work. And the second, okay. uh, you know, the, uh, they hear for a little bit and they believe for a little bit, and then temptation comes, and they fall away. All right, so uh-huh. that's, they're not true believers. They can't handle it. 
See, uh-huh. God knows who's a true believer because he's indwelling them. Mm-hmm. But we don't. This is mm-hmm. a parable for us, mm-hmm. for general understanding mm-hmm. of the different kinds of people. Okay, and mm-hmm. in this case, who profess faith, all right, at least the last three. And so, so that's so, all. And it's, it's a warning as well to be careful. Jesus is just telling people what the issue is. There are different kinds of people out there, different kinds of faith levels, and from none to very strong. And there's a, just a, a degree mm-hmm. in between. That's all. That's all that's going on. Mm-hmm. So, 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 how do you apply that? People who like Baba talks about here, those who fall away, or, the, or those who apostasy, they go, we don't apostatize the faith. You know, they've been in church for years, and people think they were uh-huh. saved, really, and they were doing things. And they just completely abandoned the things of God and go back in the world. So, Right, there's different kinds of people. That's what he's talking about. And each individual situation needs to be examined uh, in detail before we make any generic statements about everybody who might fit into category one, two, three, or four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, 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 example, you know, the great uh, man, the, the great apologist, you know, Robin, his situation, what happened to him, was he really truly say? Some people say he was, and people was he truly say, but what? Well, um, I, and I don't know his heart, but it would appear that he was saved and that he fell into sin. Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe the Lord took him out. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it was pretty bad. And, uh, you know, he is. His hypocrisy was was evident, and he brought uh, shame upon the name of Christ. So, mm-hmm. but does it mean he's not saved? I would say not necessarily, but we could make an argument that he never was from the beginning because of some of the things he did. But we could make the argument that uh, he struggled and failed a, a great deal, and you know, and there's just variations within those. So, you know, without mm-hmm. knowing all the personal you- stuff about him, we can't uh-huh. say. But how do you apply? How do you apply the Bible says that the, he who practices sin is the devil, or yeah, you know I mean, because it's one who practices sin would not inherit the kingdom of God. Yes, because those are the ones. Because those are the ones who are seeking in and living in sin. They're just living in. Mm-hmm. They're practicing it. It's the way they live. Ravi wasn't doing that. Ravi was trying mm-hmm. to live a Christian life, and he was caught up in the sexual sin, and so. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not living all in, in sin, like an atheist or a you know, drug dealer or whatever. They just abide in sin, mm-hmm. live in sin. That wasn't Ravi. Mm-hmm. So we can't just say he was or wasn't a Christian. It's not that comp- not that easy. Mm-hmm. All right? Okay. No, no, I'm not making judgment. I'm just saying some no. people might uh, people do that. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 that's like an example. My situation, church I go to. I just make one little committed, uh, simple, simple sin. I, not, not, what's the sin that I commit? Like physically, just because I looked at a person, and the person got offended, then the pastor said, "Oh, he's not born of God; was born in the flesh." You know, he's like basically saying. Yeah. Then the church started throwing, throwing marks at me. Oh, say, well, we yeah. say the church members throwing, mocking me and throwing them in my face. You know, it's saying like I thought that was never saved. Basically, you know what I mean, or I'm. Um, Believe we say what we said, but, but what the Bible says that we say it's a political doctrine. But according to the Pentecostal Church, I was like, okay. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to you got to back the truck up, okay? Um, uh-huh. So you need to focus on one thing at a time instead of jumping all over the place. Uh-huh. Right? So I don't know what the situation was at that church, but a lot of pastors and a lot of elders are not very astute when it comes to doctrine, and mm-hmm. I can't judge them for for what I don't know about them. 
So mm-hmm. that's it. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. all right. But all right. Okay. But uh, all right. All right. I'll let it go. I'll let it go like that. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, man. God bless. All right. Let's get to Dave from Kansas City. Dave, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. Um, I had a recent encounter with a friend of yours who had a debate with you two years ago. Okay, who's that? His name was Josh Gibbs from Kansas. Josh Gibbs from Kansas City. I don't know uh, if you remember it or not. Uh, what, 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 what did we debate? Two years. What did we debate? Uh, debate. He, he's a, he's an Armenian. You're a Cal- we're a Calvinist. Okay. What did we debate? Yeah, Armenianism. Um, Calvinism it in the oh, okay. basically debate, but yeah, okay. and, and 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 I didn't know that until I, you know, I, I'm not even ahead of his church. I I attended a friend's church who we were debating okay. Romans, and he said, "Please come to my church because you're going to help because we we meet." It's a long story, okay. but we we All met right. and we became friends up here, and okay. uh, anyway, but he, he said he debated, and it was a great, awesome debate, and and. Last night he asked me to. He said, "No, I've, you you read the debate. You've seen the debate with Matt Slick, and you love Matt Slick. You 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 support him, and you're on his ministry every night. So tell me, uh, you got to defend this. You believe in federal headship. Now you got to defend the federal headship of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he not buy the whole field and buy the whole uh, pearl of great price? Oh man." I know you guys amateurs, love it. Amateurs, amateurs. Please, please. This is what I don't remember the debate. Hold on, hold on. We got a break. We got a break. Uh, but if this is what he did during the debate, okay. it wouldn't be very good then. So hold on. We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, let's see, as soon as the producer activates David again, I can get him back on. Just want to give you a reminder that um, we have three schools. If you want to check out School of Theology, School of Apologetics, School of Critical Thinking. On CARM, you just go to learn.carm.org learn l-e-a-r-n dot carm dot org and you can check it out it's real easy and uh, I wrote all the stuff in there and um, it's written simply but there's there's some complicated things but I put them in such an easy way to understand that people uh, just get it that's how I like to communicate don't need all this highfalutin stuff and if I use a term I explain it simple and thousands of people have gone through the schools and really have enjoyed them all right, let's get back on the air with. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Hold on a sec. There we go. All right, David, you still there? Okay, yeah. He said so, after we talked about, I said I'm a supporter of Matt Slick. I watch Matt Slick every day, and he's in the, the my biggest fan. And he said, "But you're in a cult member." I said, "No, I'm not. I just wait, 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 wait. He said what? He said what? A cult he said, member? I'm in a cult." I mean, I, I'm in a match like oh, well. But I said, okay, you know, I, I ask, disagree with hold you on, on hold sensationalism. On. Hold, hold on, hold on. If he says you're a cult member, then he's saying I'm a cult leader. Right. Now the question is, am yeah. I a Christian according to him? 
No, I know. See? I know. Anyway. you got to ask him. Um, Are you saying yeah, Matt but, Slick is not a Christian? I, I, listen. No. I, I Listen. I, I, I said we, we, we disagreed on cessationism and but that kind of thing. But, but um, listen. Here's what he said. That okay. if... I believe he said you have to do this. He said last night, last night, he said, if you have to defend federal headship of Adam, that we all died in Adam, then you have to you have to explain how we all were not made alive in Christ within 30 seconds. Oh, man, because it was he didn't die for all. He only bore the sins of the elect and therefore were made alive in Christ applies only to the elect. We've got 15 seconds left over. You go back onto that debate. It was a great debate. You guys did a great debate. But, yeah, I debated this guy last night and and you debated him two years ago. So actually, I'm looking at the notes from it because what I do when I debate someone it's set up in advance Mm -hmm. is I create a a folder I have a folder system of of many many debates and I take notes and I have my notes from what you said my notes are 15 pages of stuff I mean I've got his I've got his rebuttal Um, I got questions I've got stuff closing statements we do it every week yeah Mm -hmm. I'm involved in it now so that's how the providence of God works Mm -hmm. I'm now involved in his life just the way I'm involved in your life Okay, yeah, but you got to ask him because this is this kind of mm-hmm. of uh, if he's saying put it this way, if he is saying that you're a cult uh, participant and that if he's saying I'm a, because I believe in limited atonement that I'm a cultist, and, and then you need to ask him is Matt Slick mm-hmm. saved? You need to just ask him is he a Christian or not? No, I'm not. Okay, well, you well need to ask him. I, yeah, I know. And he needs to. He needs to because if he's going to if he's going to go out publicly saying I'm not a Christian, for example, then he needs no, I don't to think, defend. I, I don't think that way it ended up. I don't think it's the way it ended up. Well, you said you're a cult. Very yeah, amicably. No, yeah, I know. But two years ago, you ended up very amicably. Um, just that you know, again, he didn't. Probably all right, didn't do uh, you know, again, I don't. I don't see. Hey, oh, here's his other thing. When uh, the man now here's the limited atonement argument he had um, that the man bought the whole field to find the pearl of great yeah. price. That means there's unlimited atonement. Now, when he when he quoted that, did you hear by any chance any noises around the area? You know, you know, like, no. like a verse being ripped out of its context. I was just. You know, I could just, because if I'd have been in a room and he said that, I'd go, whoa, did you hear that? Man, that was so loud. That's one of the loudest I've ever heard. It's so, it's just, just, so lame. Look, this Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, right. and a joy overcoming, sells all that he has to buy the field. This is not about limited atonement. It's not about that. It's about making sure that you get everything just to go to heaven. Okay. It is a friend of heaven. That's what it's about. And to say he buys the whole right. field, therefore, means Jesus bought everyone. So then Jesus bought everyone in order to uh, find the field, something hidden in the field. This guy, if this is how he's thinking, he couldn't argue his way out of a wet paper bag. Well, he, 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 did, he did not win your argument. If you go back two years ago, he did not win it. But the thing is, no. you know, I went to Dallas Bible College, and, I, and they were a subsidy of Dallas Theological Seminary, and this was in 1983. I mean, we, we had Charles Ryrie and, and Norman Geisler in my, my chapels 
every week. And I'm of that, but that's where I came out of. And I can argue that point. And that's what I told him. I said, I can argue that point. You understand that? Yeah. And, and he said, no, you know, well, listen. Yeah. Um, and I said, uh, so, so, so uh, what about this? That, that Jesus' purchase was the, he, 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 he was sufficient for the whole world, but efficacious only to the elect. And he said, that doesn't this? work either. The, the blood is sufficient, but legally he only bore the sin of the elect. Here's my that, notes for him. That, he went over historical yeah, views, Reformation, etc., yep. and he affirms okay. penal substitutionary atonement. So because he, he that's my notes, and, but he, he affirms that. Which can you means, send that to me? Because I would love to debate. Notes, I'm in the debate number every week now. T- tell you what, you email me. Uh, just email me. Okay. Uh, at info at karma.org. I'll send you this document and I'll send you another document. Okay? And you're going to love it. Thank All you. Right? And uh, we are. some other notes. And, 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 and not that, like you said at the end of it, he's a great guy. He's a sharp kid. He's young. All right. Love well, you, man. I didn't know what he's doing. Right. Okay. <laughs> Just email me, info at karma.org. Okay, man. We'll talk to you later. Woo. Yeah, I keep notes on the people I debate when I do a, a formal debate. You know, it's arranged ahead of time. Then I do an opening statement. But lately, I've not been doing very many debates because I'm so busy. And uh, so what I've been doing more recently is uh, having a debate where the other person goes first. I just just go first because uh, otherwise I may not want to do it because I don't have time to do all this stuff. I mean, I'm, I, literally, I was swamped today till five minutes before the radio show. And uh, I got so much to do. I'm actually arranging if people want to talk to me while I'm driving tonight. I got to drive to another city and for a little while and, uh, you know, and stuff. But anyway, just trying to work it out. So I keep these notes. I've been doing this for a long time. And I've got two, three, four years of notes from the varying individuals. And uh, so what I want to do now is if people want to debate me, Say, okay, well, you know, debate and with a generic topic and uh, and then, you know, let them go. And then I just usually respond to their opening statement. And I can develop my opening statement while I'm listening to theirs. And that's what I do more, most of the time now because I, I really, it's just, I've done debates where, um, you know, where I prep for two, three weeks. Now, if it's a more prominent debate, you know, say it's a, a national person, a national atheist, or something like that. Oh, I'll I'll debate them. I mean, I will prep up. I'll take a couple of months, and that's what I did with. Um, oh man, I had his name right there. Oh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, I did. I've done a prominent debates with three very prominent debates uh, in in the United States. Uh, Oh man, I hate it when I forget the name. Oh, so anyway, I read his books, read two or three of his books, and I got quotes. And I listened to probably five or ten hours of debates that he did. And man, I put stuff together from. I extracted stuff. I said, "This you said this over here." He said, "Oh man, I had him swimming backwards." Uh, Dan Dan Barker Dan Barker that was the guy I, I debated. And then there was also Matt Delahanty. I've debated and. Um, Eddie Tabash and others. All right, let's get on it with Charles from Ohio. Hey, Charles, welcome. You're on the air. Hello, Matt. How are you, sir? Doing all right, man, by God's grace. What do you got, buddy? So I wanted to talk to you about preterism. Uh, I followed you for a while, and I'm under the, the impression that you consider yourself to be a 
partial preterist. Is that right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I consider myself to be a full preterist. Okay. Um, so I, I, I my question, I, I've asked numerous partial preterists this, and I haven't got a sufficient answer. Okay. At least I don't think it's been sufficient. Right. So do you believe that heaven and earth have passed away? No. No. That's correct. Okay. So in, in, in Matthew 5.18, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Mm-hmm. So he's linking heaven and earth passing away uh, with the law. So if heaven and earth have, haven't passed away, then that means the law is still in effect? This is a... Are you asking about a demonstration to to support preterism? Or just another question? No, I'm, a, I'm asking a straightforward question. If heaven and earth haven't passed away, then that means, according to Matthew 5.18, then that means the law hasn't passed away. Correct? Not necessarily, because if the law states in it that certain criteria must be met and that it will be abrogated upon the arrival of the Messiah, then the Old Testament law would still be in effect. Particularly, for example, in you all the nations shall be blessed. That's uh, Genesis 12.3, which is quoted by Paul in Galatians 3.8. So the, and it's called the gospel. So that aspect of that Old Testament law is still in effect. So certain aspects and sub-categories of the law can be fulfilled and be done away with. For example, the priestly law is no longer necessary because the high priest Christ has fulfilled that law. The moral law, however, cannot be abrogated and done away with because it's related to the nature of God. And so nine of the Ten Commandments are reiterated in the New Testament, and the Sabbath is not because Jesus is our Sabbath. So the law is still here. But what he's talking about here in Matthew 5 is to covenant Israel. And he's talking generically as wisdom statements about, look, the law is going to be here. Nothing's going to pass away. It's going to be there. And so when we look at it generically, okay, no problem. You look at it specifically, what parts of the law? Because there's three main categories, judicial, there's um, priestly, and then there's moral. And then those have categories within themselves as well. So there's a lot there, okay? Yeah, but he said not an iota nor a dot. So obviously he's talking about the Mosaic law uh, in totality. That's what he came to fulfill, correct? uh, An iota, a letter or stroke, is the smallest little things of the Hebrew writing. Little bitty marks. And it's like a dot mm-hmm. of an eye, okay, the dot of an eye. Not even the dot of an eye will pass away till all the laws are accomplished. He's just saying that the word of God is secure and it's true. It's not going to be undone. Now, what aspect? Because you're a preterist, all right. Do we need temple sacrifices right now? No, we Do don't. We? Okay. Do you think Jesus was aware that te- the temple be destroyed in 70 AD and that he is the fulfillment Absolutely. of the temple requirements? Of course he did. And he prophesied it, Matthew 24, 25. So, th- so he knows that. He knew that when he was saying that. Right? Right? Of course well, he did. I think we, I think we need to get, I think we need to get a specific definition of what the law is in Matthew 5, 18. There you go. That's the right approach, but we're out of time. You have to call back Friday because I won't be on live tomorrow, okay? We're out of time, buddy. But good stuff, all right? Thanks. All right, man. God bless. Hey, folks. We'll be back uh, on on Friday live. I got an appointment 
um, tomorrow. I won't be on the air. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.